Episode three, Sweet and Sour with Jess and Lou. Take two. Take two. Again, I really like that. <laughs> I'm like really nailing my claps today. <laughs> I are here today because we want to talk about Luna Media. Like, this is a very off-the-cuff podcast for us because yeah. we didn't plan it. Super spontaneous. Plus, my husband wants producing credits now because he's just like, why don't you do a Luna New Year episode? And I'm like, actually, that's actually a good idea. He's like, yeah, where's my credit? And I'm like, that. you're married to me. <laughs> is that not... Your idea is my yeah, idea, babe. Yeah, exactly. Like, what's yours is mine. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to talk about the history of it, the Zodiac signs, mm-hmm. how we celebrated it. We even have special guests on today. Keen. Yeah. So keen. And also the traditions around it from like Humbao to feasting. Everybody like gathers together to eat like a huge feast on New Year's Eve. Yeah. And then just like what we do over like two weeks yeah. of Lunar New Year celebrations because it's like Christmas for us. I didn't know until fairly recently that technically one can keep receiving Hongbao's, so that's red envelopes, until mm. they're married. So if you just never got married. Yeah. You are technically eligible yeah. to keep receiving these yeah. red envelopes, which is an awesome deal. But also, I'm sure like the adults by then, it's like, you're fucking 40 years old, Jess. <laughs> the rat is actually the first in the Zodiac cycle of 12 animals. And it's a really interesting story about how the order of these animals got determined. So let me just consult my notes. Um, you've got 12 animals. You've got the rat, the ox, which is this year, um, tiger, rabbit, dragon, snake, horse, goat, monkey, rooster, dog, and pig. Now, according to legend, the Jade Emperor said that the order would be determined by the order in which these animals arrive at his party. So the snooky rat hitches a ride on the ox, and the ox is like, yeah, bro, come, like, I'll give you a ride. You know, I think they have to swim across this, like, lake or some shit. A body of water. A body of water. Yeah. Right. Was involved. Exactly. And then so the ox is like, yeah, man, I'll give you a ride. That's cool. But then the rat hops off the ox right as they get to the finish line. And it's like, sucker, I won. So we all know who the real MVP was there. Ox, the OG. Yeah, so that's why the rat is at the beginning of the cycle and the ox is second. And given the clusterfuck that was last year, sorry, we'll put an NSFW um, warning. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to accent like, <laughs> a couple of bombs. Um... You know, so given the clusterfuck that was last year, you know, like, I think the rat is meant to sort of signify, like, cunningness and, like, um, resourcefulness and stuff like that. But the ox is meant, you know, carries connotations of hard work, of loyalty, groundedness, diligence, positivity, and, you know, basically the, the like, that Asian attitude of, like, grinding it out and, like, working hard, but, like, also not calling attention to itself either so that's what the the ox is basically meant to symbolize and it's also associated with harvests and fertility and it's seen as the altruistic animal because it does the work of humans without demanding praise and it has a reputation for granting wishes as well and in terms of yin and yang so each of the animals apparently is kind of like associated more with yin or with yang and the ox is associated with yang because i guess it's more sort of soft and calm and passive in nature which is really cool and there also is a great deal of um, value, you know, obviously in agricultural times associated with the ox as well, because like 
it, it does, it literally like creates all the produce for you, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? And so families would, you know, sell their ox to fund their son's education or something. So the fortune for this year, if you have a child that is born in the year of the ox, they are meant to face obstacles early on. Although there are no financial worries, friends and family aren't much help, but they will be able to enjoy a comfortable retirement. I don't know in hindsight how like reassuring that is, but I suppose it's just meant to be like, you know, work hard and you will succeed. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I feel like, the general rule that everybody lives by. Too. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's definitely the sort of, like, Asian work ethic. Like, yeah, ethos, generally, kind of, yeah. like, work hard and you you will be rewarded kind yeah. of thing. So that's sort of really um, typified <clears throat> in the ox. Those who are born under the zodiac sign of the ox are best suited to long-term, steady and stable work, it said. So, you know, like your doctors and lawyers and businessmen and that kind of all that. Just, so Louise just rolled her eyes. But, yeah, all the sort of typical, um, you would call Asian kind of like yeah. careers, yeah, which yeah, you Asian and I did not at yeah, all follow, no. uh, which is why we're doing this podcast. Um, yeah, another quote that I found on the interwebs, 2021 will be a turbulent year for the ox. It's not looking good. You may Sorry. Inc- <laughs> Sorry, guys. You know, we had a fucked year last year, but it's a bit more ahead. Yeah. But if you work hard, it should be fine. Yeah. You may encounter unexpected challenges, especially in your career and studies, which can leave you feeling stressed out, distracted, and emotional. This is really oh, not a nice tone. I know. It's got real grim. Yeah. Real quick. I'm sorry. <laughs> um... But hopefully it should just mean, like, maybe if we write out the challenges of this year, we'll be okay. Yeah. So study hard, everyone. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> thanks, Jess, for bringing the mood down. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I could share that with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I did actually um, come across the Jade Emperor legend that you mm. just mentioned of how they determine the 12 zodiac signs and in what order. I also read, like, a quick thing about why the rat and the cat hate each other interesting so the cat doesn't appear in the zodiac at all. oh my god did the rat cut the cat out no the, so sort of so basically the cat and the rat were friends drama this is what i've read the cat had like a habit of oversleeping apparently and so he told the rat yo can you like wake me up wake me up oh so i'm on time god. for this situation so the rat did it and the rat forgot and I, like, have heard multiple accounts of why the rat forgot because apparently the rat was so excited to get to it, he forgot to wake up the cat. Okay. But I don't know, man. I'm only reading I, what I read on yeah. the internet. So basically... I reckon he, that was, like, he, like, accidentally... accidentally like, inverted yeah, commas, accidentally. Yeah. Forgot, yeah. But anyway... So I don't then, trust this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason... And then, like, he kind of forgot to wake up the cat, so the cat got pissed that he didn't make it into the Zodiac. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'd be too. That's like a little legend of mm. why cats and rats don't like each other. Oh my god. Oh. And maybe like for all of millennia, that's why cats will be constantly chasing rats. Yeah. It's like, fuck you, it's why like, didn't you wake me up? Yeah, asshole. exactly. Exactly. So that. like, that was really interesting. I love that. I learned so much. <laughs> this episode, I learned so much. What's your zodiac sign? I was born under the year of the dog. Yeah. Mine's like the year of the horse. Okay. And I'm just going to do a quick Google yeah. about like what the year of the horse is. I'm pretty sure year of the dog is like really like loyal. I'm probably going to cut this all out while we're Googling. <laughs> so dogs are meant to be like honest and loyal, really true friends and a reliable partner. I mean, I'll, I'll take that. Okay. I'll cop that. Yeah. Mine's like... A humble brag, I feel. Not even a humble that. brag. It's like power, beauty, and freedom. Oh, fuck yeah, Louise. In the Chinese culture. Heck yeah. yeah. Own that shit. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mine's very much about like loyalty, I think. And it's just That's about right. like being there for friends and stuff like that and helping others out. And yeah, like I said, I'll cop that. Yeah. Good time. It's good characteristics to have, loyalty. Mm-hmm. So apparently one of the other zodiac signs that's most compatible with dog is the horse, oh, which is so nice. That's nice. Love that. Love that for us. Yeah. Oh, what I'm going to do is just do a little quick history lesson, guys. Yeah. Like, get your little, like, learning. like, your learning hats on, get some pen and paper out, take some notes. Cause let's or really listen to the podcast. Or really just, like, you know, it's fine with us. Or be like us and just, like, take in the information and then immediately forget it. <laughs> Which is why we have extensive notes. Most of my sources come from like two or three because like I cross-referenced. Mm-hmm. And then like there was a book that was available on Google Books called Chinese New Year, A Celebration for Everyone. And it's by a Canadian novelist named Jen Sukfung Lee. Okay. So I learned so much during this process because I was just like, I don't actually know a lot about the history of Chinese New yeah. Year, Lunar yeah. New Year, I guess. And I'm just like, I feel kind of like a bad Asian, not knowing. No, but see, what I find is interesting about that is that, like, a lot of the customs and the practices and, like, the actual celebration part of it gets passed down, which is really cool. Yeah. But then, like, I do genuinely think, you know, especially um, with the type of Asian that we are, which is, like, Australian Asian, you know what I mean? Like, we're second gen immigrants or what have you. Yeah. And so we kind of like absorb a lot of the actual like customs and practices yeah. of like the big celebration and the hongbao and the, the, yeah. the food and the feasts and stuff like yeah. that. But we don't actually know a lot about like the history. Yeah. And I don't think that that's our fault necessarily. I just think that's kind of what gets carried over and maybe if we were born and raised in China, yeah, like it, yeah. it would have been a different thing. Like exactly. we would have learned a lot more about the stuff. So Yeah. But like, yeah, it was just really interesting because I just don't think I've ever – actually thought about it before mm, 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 because you don't same. sit there and like you know in my spare time i don't really sit what's there the and history go, what's the history of like <laughs> i have other things to worry about yeah. but yeah so like i found it really interesting to learn about it and hopefully like you guys find it interesting because um this is what this podcast is going to be <laughs> um so in her novel um jen Sukful writes that like, she thinks that no one really knows when Lunar New Year was first recognised as a holiday. Uh-huh. But, like, some of the historians believe that the tradition based on the lunar calendar started around 2000 BCE. So, like, Whoa. that's a long, long fucking time. Yeah. That's a, long time. that's a long time. And then a lot of, like, the sources I read talk about these oracle bones. And oracle bones, I didn't know what they were, so I looked it up. Oracle it, bones. Yeah, oracle bones. They okay. call them, like, many references call them oracle bones. Wow. They were used by the Shang Dynasty for divination, and it shows that the lunar not the lunar calendar. Yeah, sorry, the lunar calendar dated back as early as 14th century BCE. So, like, okay, that's many, many. Years yeah, ago. that's many years ago. <laughs> and then, like, after 1912, the lunar year was commonly known as the Spring Festival because China became a republic. And to kind of, like, westernise society in China, they moved to the Gregorian calendar. Oh. So, like, the Gregorian calendar is, like, what we use. The what, like, what is widely used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically. Okay. And then, like, it, it went into a further, like, evolution, to use a Pokemon reference, <laughs> um, in 1949 when Mao Zedong was in power and he forbade many of the traditions associated with the holiday, which was including, like, lion dances, temple fairs, and humbao. That's crazy. Because he wanted to move to a more Western society again. Wow. I read, like, one source, like, from the Epoch Times. They said 
Epoch? Epoch. Epoch. I want to say Epoch. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Let's just forget I said that reference. <laughs> anyway, so even teachers were told to tell their students not to accept Hongbao from their parents because money was a reward for hard work. Um, oh, so, okay. So they're saying don't accept money because you didn't earn it. Yeah, like, you, you didn't, didn't work hard You didn't for work it. for it. Yeah. Right. If for people who don't know, Lunar New Year is celebrated over two weeks, like about two weeks, and it starts after the Northern Hemisphere's winter and it usually falls between the end of January and the start of February. Yeah. And it's always determined by the lunar cycle Mm -hmm. and begins on the new moon. Oh. That's what I've read. Okay. I guess like it's Western counterpart, like lunar new year is linked to the the idea of a fresh start. Mm. So it's Mm. really common for households to do a clean up, which is symbolically clearing out bad luck or spirits before the start of new year, right? Yeah. I remember, like, when I was young and my mother would make my brother and I just scrub floors, dust everything, vacuum everything, weed the garden. And this was, like, dead set, middle of summer in Queensland. It was so hot. And my brother and I were just sweating the whole time and us just, like, trying to scrub things clean. And it was just so awful. Like, that's, like, the memory I have of the lead-up to New Year. That's so Which is, like, my brother and I just being basically just laborers. Hardcore, like, cleaning and everything like that. I think it's got something to do with because you want all the good luck to yeah, come in, right? Exactly. Through the New Year. Yeah. So you, like, want the place to be clean. Yeah. And, and good vibes. Good vibes. Know? Good vibes is a good way to put yeah, it. Yeah. It's yeah. like the Chinese version of, like, saging. You know how people sage things now? No. People sage things to cleanse areas. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Kyrie Irving from the NBA does it. So what is this? You sort of burn incense or some shit? Yeah, you burn some some, like a sage. It's like, yeah, it's like an incense sort of situation. To invite, like. To invite good vibes. Good vibes. Or to cleanse an area, like, out of its bad vibes, you know? Yeah. I definitely feel like that that was, like, an Asian tradition. Oh, probably. Like, I used to burn a lot of incense when I was younger. Mm -hmm. To give people an idea of, like, the scale of how big this thing is in China, it's estimated that 3 billion trips are made in China a year during this travel period. Holy moly. And there are so many reports out there that are just like, oh, we're concerned this is going to be a super spreading event. Oh my because god, that is so fair. You know, and I'm mean? pretty sure there are like new cases cropping up in China yeah. again, right? Yeah. So they're like, all these places are going into lockdown. Yeah, three billion trips. Like that's just insane to me. Like that's like obviously because there's a lot of people trying. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. But usually it's a time, like, people spend with their families and relatives. So, mm. like, it kind of makes sense that there's a lot of travelling during that period. Yeah. That's, like, kind of the brief, very brief history <laughs> that I learnt during um, my research period. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It is really, like, crazy to think that we're participating in this, I guess, tradition of, like, thousands and thousands and thousands of years. When we sit down and, like, have dinner with our family and stuff like that. Yeah, we're sort of taking part. Which is like, you know, one family among yeah. billions yeah. doing the same thing. And also like generationally as well, like you think about like how your grandparents or your great-grandparents or like your mum and dad, how they would have celebrated it. Mm. It's just interesting to see the evolution of what they did in ancient China compared to what we would do now. Now, yeah. Is like very interesting because like I also read that it isn't just the households that they were worried about cleaning out, but also like it was a fresh start. A fresh start also meant taking care of unfinished business. Mm. So whether it was paying off debts or collecting them. And then in ancient China, it was considered bad luck to seek out debt on New Year's Day. Yeah. So like, like just bad juju. Bad, bad, bad juju, man. Yeah. Like you can't be doing that shit. Yeah. It's just very interesting <coughs> to like see the history and think about it and talk about it. What are your main memories of like spending Lunar New Year and stuff like that? Also, I find it interesting that like up until a couple of years ago, we were all still calling it Chinese New Year 
And then at some point, like when I was growing up, yeah. it was called Chinese New Year. Yeah. And then like, but it's been like a couple of years now that we've been calling it Lunar New Year. Yeah. But like someone got woke in like, yeah. someone, the powers that be in Australia yeah. or something. Because all of a sudden it was called Lunar New Year. Yeah. But I remember it as Chinese New Year growing up. Because, like, let's be clear here, like, Lunar New Year isn't just celebrated in China. Exactly. It's celebrated in, like, across Asia. Across Asia. Yeah. And it's, like, huge. Like, and it doesn't, like, it comes in different forms. In Vietnam, I think it's called Tet. My first memories is, like, being together with my family. Like, mm. it would just be a huge event where not just my immediate family, but my cousins, my aunts, my uncles. And it wasn't just, like, one event. It was always, like, several events over the entire... Interesting. Like, in the entire yeah. period. Because, yeah. like, you don't just, like, eat together, but you go and visit, you know, Banyan. Mm. And, like, my parents would give and we would receive red envelopes. And it was just, like, a... I just remember being very family-orientated. And eating, like, that's important. The big yeah. feast. Yeah, like big time. Big time. Like, it was so, like, huge. What I also remember, obviously, is, like, the money. I would make $600. <laughs> and it was my birthday around that time as well. <clears throat> oh, that's great. I would get, like... It's a win for Yeah, it's a win for, like, a double win, man. Like, I would go, like, super no income. And then, like, I would hit <laughs> January, February. My birthday... Chinese New Year, raining, and then like baby. backing up like, like Christmas. You know what I mean? Like so it was like a festive period. Yeah, you save that it's shit like all a year. Winner. <laughs> that was a winner. That's kind of what I remember. What about you? Yeah, I think what's funny is like I only really have immediate family here in Australia, so yeah. I think maybe for you, you probably had more extended family. Yeah, right? like back in Brisbane yeah. where you grew up. Yeah. So yeah, and like I guess obviously every family is different. Like there's gonna be you know. Um, some families out there that are just like a child and they're like single parent and yeah. it's just like a dinner of the two of them which yeah. and that's just completely obviously as legitimate as like the really big family yeah. bashes and stuff like that so I think like my main memories are I don't have any in particular but I know that it would be definitely a time like you know we would go to like the local Chinese restaurant like the one that was my dad's favorite or whatever and yeah. we would look at a big table and then we would like invite all of like our close family friends and yeah. stuff like that and like their kids yeah. as well and we would just like have a feast and like it's kind of like no expense would be spared like have lobster and you'd have chicken and all the yeah. duck and the everything yeah. everything that you would want to eat yeah and then yeah it would be um it would be that and then at the end everyone fights for the bill and then yeah. all the kids get the, like the red pockets and everything yeah. or we would go to a family friend's house and then a lot of families would sort of congregate yeah. at that family's friend's house and then we the, again a lot of food like a lot of aunties and yeah. uncles that you like have no idea yeah. who they are like you literally see them once every couple of years or yeah. something exactly yeah and and it's just like this big event and I think growing up I definitely like did not understand really what the significance yeah of it was it was just like one of those things where like okay you, you had know, to do yeah you, yeah you you know all right we're all having this dinner no your presence is not negotiable yeah. you are going to be yeah, there exactly and as a kid you're sort of like all right I'll whatever just, yeah fine I'll just well, sit like, there and eat a lot of food <laughs> yeah, like, what exactly. are you gonna do like as a kid you were just like <laughs> Well, what if I don't go? Like, what no. consequences? Get like, a fucking what? backhand. Yeah, I'm, like, <laughs> don't go. I'm just not like, an option. like, it's not an option. Literally not And like, second of all, what are we going to do? Like, sit at home and start? I know. I know. Exactly. So it's just like, just something you knew every, like, you know, end of January or February. You yeah. just like, I had a big feast and you went to. You just mentioned something and it kind of triggered me. Mm. Like, I had a shrine at home. Mm, like wow, my right. parents had like a shrine in the front room and it's actually probably like more my grandmother because mm-hmm. my grandmother used to live with us and the shrine would just be like three I think it was two or three shelves 
And then in front of like each of the shells would be an incense holder. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And we would do the full blown pray right. for like a good year, a prosperous year, right. and a successful year, and, and offer up food sacrifices. I guess food yeah, like sacrifices, fruit, fruit, and like um, pork, uh huh, like okay. you know roast pork and stuff like that, and all that kind of thing. And you would offer them up to the gods, wine as well. Mm. And my house usually would smell like incense a lot, which is why the the smell of incense is like nostalgic for me. Right. And it doesn't really bother me. Like a lot yeah, of people yeah, are quite yeah. sensitive to it. It doesn't bother me because no, it reminds me. we kind of like grew up with that. We grew up with it. Yeah. And plus like it reminds me my grandmother because she would pray every morning and <clears> she would light incense every morning. Yeah. So like it was like a daily ritual for her, but on Chinese New Year, you would do like the, the food offerings and praying and all that kind of thing. Mm on the day which we would get involved in because on day to day we wouldn't usually get involved right that's the i mean more spiritual side of it Mm. i think that was very important to me and like i think i took for granted Mm. not took for granted but just didn't realize the significance of it or didn't realize like how different my life was to other people's Mm. lives Mm -mm. whenever i go to a temple now or like i do that because like it reminds me so much of my childhood and of my grandmother, yeah, who's no longer with us. Okay. So, like, it brings me closer to her, I think. That's really awesome. So my question to you, maybe, like, jumping ahead a little bit, but, like, this year, yeah. what will you be, like, going back to your parents' house for Chinese New Year? Are you bringing Brandon? What's... Like, so going? Brandon would usually come. It's awesome. non-negotiable, yeah. like we said. <laughs> if he's part of the family, he like, has. Brandon's my husband, it's non-negotiable. And mm-hmm. he knows that. Like, mm-hmm. he's, like, totally... Totally down. To down, do down to do whatever. Yeah. I feel like, also, he's, like, blown away by how much my mother cooks for us. Yeah. Because, like, Asian parents don't fuck around, man. Like, Chinese like, New Year's not like, time to, to like, fuck around. Like, even, like, on a regular day, my mum's, like, got, like, three, four plates, like, a fucking restaurant out there. That's wild. Like, and Brandon's like, no wonder you eat so much. Like, this is ridiculous. And I'm just like, yeah, but also, I'm never hungry. That's this why. is the best. <laughs> like, with us, the like, Asian culture, it's like... The meal eating is and sitting down together as a family, family is very time is central so to the culture around food. So centered yeah. around food, and that's because like the enjoyment of food, I think, is very important in the mm. Asian culture. Mm. You know what I just realized? I can't believe we're literally like half an hour into this podcast, and it only just clicked for me that I will be receiving some red pockets in a week. In a few weeks, <laughs> yeah. it just clicked for me. I, I yeah, which is so absurd because yeah. like, we've been talking about this for half an hour, but also. Yeah. I'm so excited because I had to get my car fixed. Yes! And I'm just like, fuck, now this is like 350 like, out of my pocket. But now, you know, a little bit of a buffer yeah. never goes astray. Yeah, you know exactly. What I'm yeah. So also, it's very before key. payday. Oh, oh, like, true. It's on the 12th. So bad. And, like, we get paid on the 15th. It's once a month. It's <laughs> it's like I've been paid the same day for, like, years now. I still haven't budgeted properly in my life. <laughs> like, you know, you think I would have figured it out by now. But, yeah, like, it's so good. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, Love it's it. like. You know, you get Chinese New Year, and then you tax return, and you're like, you know, like, just in time, just in time. Love that. It's so good. I think we're gonna call my parents. Oh my god, I'm so keen. My parents are gonna speak in Cantonese. Okay, so we'll translate. We'll translate. Yeah. Is this in, is this Papa place. and Mama Chi, yeah. or like just Papa Chi, or who? I both. think my like I told my dad that they can both come on. Yeah. If they want. Yeah. But yeah, so we're gonna call my house. And then, if anybody answers. What are their names? Um, James and Yvonne. James and Yvonne. But you love. can call them auntie and uncle. Auntie, quite, yes. They quite get a kick out of that. I love that. Oh my Brandon God. calls I them will... mum and dad. So. 
They insisted. He's part of the family now. Oh, yeah, no, you got it. It ends up only being my dad, Baba, who answers the phone. No, is the Cantonese word for daughter. Hello, Baba? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Just for anyone listening, this is totally going to expose my poor Cantonese. I'm just going to put it out there. It's, like, pretty bad, my Cantonese. But this is also very common. For yeah, like, like, like it, you it's know, so it's English. English. It's because, it's like, Jess calls my dad oh. uncle and inquires about how he is, and he asks the same of her. Then we got to the first question. When I was little, how did we celebrate Chinese New Year? He says our celebrations differ from those on mainland China. A lot of people on mainland China live and work outside of major cities and in rural areas. He explains that's why everybody looks forward to coming together as a family to feast, as well as wishing each other a prosperous and healthy new year to come. He asks us if we understand and if he's talking too quickly. We say it's all good. Celebrations in Vietnam would be different too because we were... Yeah. It would be smaller gatherings of people at home and they would eat Vietnamese dishes such as sticky rice wrapped in banana leaves. Yeah, the Vietnamese version is more cylindrical in shape than its Chinese counterpart, which is a pyramid shape. Other than that, the dishes were similar to those had in China. There would be chicken and fish and roast pork and we would pray. And we would also eat a New Year's cake made out of glutinous rice flour called ningul. My aunt would make tens of these a year and gift them to people. Yeah, we'll get that. Then he reminded me that we used to go vegetarian on the first day of the new year. Oh, yes. Yeah, we'll get that. I asked Dad about the home shrine where we used to pray during New Year celebrations and what was on each shelf of the shrine. Two shelves. The top shelf had a statue of Bodhisattva. And the second shelf was dedicated to our ancestors, such as my grandmother and my grandmother's grandmother and grandfather. All of them are there. Jess then asked my dad what he was doing for New Year's this year. My dad said before COVID-19, when they had arrived from Vietnam as refugees, they were still young. So from the second day of the new year, he and my mum would take me and my brother to visit our relatives, a ritual called Bai Nian. During this ritual, we would wish them well and exchange red envelopes full of money. But now that they were a little bit older, they would instead make phone calls to wish people a happy new year.
He added now that I was married, I would no longer be receiving these red envelopes. But my brother would still get them. My dad recalled when he was unmarried at 40-something, he was still eligible to receive them. He pointed out when I was younger, I would get a lot of red envelopes because my mainly older cousins had all been married. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Lou is so sad. He asked us if there was anything else because that's basically what Chinese New Year was like for us as a fair. We said no. Then we said our goodbyes and thank you. Bye bye. Bye, Dad. Thank you. Bye-bye. I love him. He's so Oh, good. my dad's like thinks he's hilarious and he is. <laughs> I thought I'd just bring up like a couple of points about the food that we ate during Lunar New Year all has a meaning, which I thought was really interesting. Oh. Yeah. See, so this is news to me. Obviously, like a common course is like the fish. Tiny like a whole, like one entire steamed yeah. fish. Yeah. Type of thing. Usually, like it would just be hot oil, soy, garlic, ginger, and shallots. Mm, chef's kiss. So good. Like so, so underrated. Just like the flavors are so sort of basic, yeah. but it just works. It just works so well. Yeah. Apparently, the word fish in Chinese you is homophonous. 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 It sounds like <laughs> the word you sounds like the word meaning surplus and abundance in Chinese, and therefore oh. it's auspicious. According to Columbia University. So, like, uh certain sea vegetable is also synonymous with the phrase meaning to become wealthy. Okay. And in Guangzhou. So much sense. One preferred dish is oysters because in Cantonese, oyster is a homonym which means good business. Oh. And prawn, because, like, in Cantonese it's called ha, sounds like happy laughter and is therefore also often found at feasts. And clams are sometimes served because they are open as they are cooked, signifying the open opening of new horizons. Oh, so yeah, I feel like I'm learning so, so much. So much about food, like that. You know, none, none of either. I did not absorb anything as a kid, and my yeah. parents didn't tell me, or they didn't tell me at all. I just find it fascinating that these are some of the things that we eat all the time, and we just never really thought about. No. It. But like, it kind of makes sense because numbers, because the word yes in Chinese kind of rhymes as well. black. Prosper. And like the word for mean like rhymes is like with rhymes death. with death. Yeah. So like that's why people who are really superstitious, like my grandmother, mm. was she would refuse to live in a house yeah. with the number with the house number four in it. So yeah. it's not just like what that's you're putting so in your belly to keep full guys, it no, has a significant there's a meaning, yeah. Yeah, dumplings as well. Apparently, like in Shanghai, egg skin dumplings um resemble gold ingots and cellophane noodles look like silver chains. Oh. Which is why they used to eat them at on New Year's, apparently. And soybean sprouts, because they look like a sector like art object called Rui, which means to your heart's content. This is wild. Yeah. There's like so many yeah. like meanings. Yeah. Columbia University has a really useful page that will like put in the description. Um, they also said that for Northerners, one custom still widely observed is the consumption of jiaozi yeah. or meat-filled dumplings at midnight. Again, a case of homonyms. Mm. Jiaozi also sounds like a term that means the meaning of the last hour of the old year with the first hour of the new. Year. I'm sure Whoa. if that's actually true, but hey, it's it's in it's in academia, guys. <laughs> And um, sweets, nuts, and pastries that most could not usually afford would be in abundance mm. at that time of the year. Yeah, I like. I would definitely say that you know, yeah. in Chinese New Year, you're going all out. Like there yeah. is every type of food on the table. You get like the most expensive foods as well. It's kind of like a bit of a flex. 
Yeah. Kind of thing. Like, like yeah. I mean, if you're rich, you're going to be flexing pretty hard. Yeah. But, like, even if you're not, I think it's kind of like, you know, you save throughout the year. You work And then, hard. like, yeah, you work hard and then, like, on Chinese New Year, like, all Lunar New Year, sorry, that's, like, the one time that you're, like, okay, you know, this is, this is meaningful. This is, we're going to, yeah. like, have all the family together and it's, like, very much that celebration. Yeah. Just to wrap this up, the thing that I will take away from Lunar New Year and I'll definitely be like passing this down to my kids is mm. just like the importance of it, observing your culture and yeah. immersing yourself in culture. Because this is like the one time of the year that I feel like you are so immersed in the culture of being Chinese or Asian that you really feel like you're a part of something. Mm. And that it's something that, because China's like billions of people, yeah. right? But you don't feel so alone in that moment because you're all celebrating the same holiday yeah. at one time. And it's just like a great celebration of your history, your culture, and just, like, the sense of family that Asian people feel. Yeah, I think the the family, yeah, and the getting together thing is, like, and what's cool about it is that it's not, it's not like it's a sort of religious holiday kind of thing either. So, you know, you don't have to be any any kind of religion to celebrate because it just, it just means a new year. So you're just sort of bringing in the new year with good vibes, as we're saying. And it's just a time, like, for everyone. Like, if I think about, you know, if I were to, like, have my own family and, you know, have my own kids and what I would pass down to them, I guess, following your line of thinking i definitely think it's it's about yeah like coming together the the essence of it yeah i think you know what i mean it's yeah. really like coming together and having a feast together and just like that one time of the year where everyone you have that excuse to be like all right family together let's share a meal even if in the rest of the year we can't like agree on anything yeah. you know what i mean you or just, like, like see each other you'll see each other or yeah. you just sort of like sit down and like share something yeah it's a part of my culture that I would like to preserve for a very long time because it's been going on for so long. Mm-hmm. It's like the one part of my culture that I feel like I actually experienced myself and then I can pass it on in its entirety because, yeah. like, you know how, like, when you grow up in Australia, you kind of lose a lot of the traditions and a lot of Definitely. the way of doing things. Yeah. And then there's parts of the culture where you're like, I'm kind of not into that bit because it's, like, <laughs> super sexist or whatever. Yeah. Chinese New Year, like Lunar New Year is that, that thing, you can get behind it. Yeah. Like everyone can get behind a big meal. Yeah. And like coming together. And coming yeah. together as a family. Like yeah. it's universal, I would think. Mm. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you guys learnt as much as we did. And go say Happy New Year to your Asian friend. Yeah. <laughs> and like celebrate it with them if you can. Big time. Like it's everyone's welcome. Welcome. Welcome? Welcome. Everyone's welcome. Everybody's welcome. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year. You can follow us on Instagram at Sweet and Sour with Jess and Lou. You can find us on Facebook, Sweet and Sour with Jess and Lou. The second and being an and symbol, not the word and. And you can even email us because we love constructive feedback and some fierce discussion. Our email address is sweetsourpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening. We both appreciate it so much.